welcome to the podcast of Broadway Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky, and the preaching of Pastor Daniel Othman, a biblical church centered on Christ. Bibles and see what God has to say for us. Have you ever received a promotion at work? A promotion is when you get promoted. I was just in our deacons meeting and Raphael shared with us he received a promotion. A promotion is when you're at one level and they look down and say, well, this fellow here, he's a good worker. She's a, a, a superstar for the company. So they move you up to maybe a manager or a supervisor. You move on up with, uh, with your uh, job that you're with. That is um, what we see. Joseph, we are going to see here in our Bibles, receive one of the greatest promotions possible. We're going to pick up on this story of where Sunday morning left off, roughly. Joseph, if you remember, he's in prison at this point. He has fortunate been able to receive the gift of interpreting dreams. And the Pharaoh there in Egypt, he has this dream. And this dream is he sees these, these cows and these stalks of grain. Some are very healthy. And then some are very just withered and scrawny and skinny and just look deathly ill and he's worried he says what does this mean what do these dreams mean and then from this morning the chief cupbearer remembered when he was also in prison two years prior that this man named joseph interpreted a dream for him and it was accurate so god helped use that cupbearer to remember joseph Joseph was summoned immediately to go to Pharaoh. And he says, you're going to have seven years of phenomenal crop, of just overwhelming abundance. And Genesis chapter 41 says the abundance, they had so much, God was blessing Egypt so much, they didn't even know and even have a place to put the grain. So Joseph enacted a savings plan. And he saved 20% of all the grain. So they would uh, maybe sell or use uh, their 80%, and then they just started building barns of grain all around Egypt. And for seven years, these just, uh, just uh, crops were just being stored for the future. 20% of all crops went into savings. So spend 80, save 20. That's how Joseph led Egypt. They lived on only 80%. And we know a tithe in the Bible, tithe actually first comes when Melchizedek in the Old Testament blessed Abraham, and then Abraham tithed 10%. That's what a tithe means. And then Jesus affirmed tithing. Have you ever wondered, have you ever heard someone say, make a statement that says, why, do, why don't people, in the, why are these Old Testament commands such as not eating shrimp, not wearing certain fabrics that have uh, uh, like cotton and polyester, that would be wrong in the Old Testament. Why, would that, why don't we follow that now? And the answer is, it's not affirmed in the New Testament. The New Testament, what Jesus and what the New Testament writers spoke about is what we as Christians follow as well with the Old Testament. So, for example, we see that tithing here, which was first introduced 
with Melchizedek and Abraham, that's also commended. Jesus talked about tithing as well in the New Testament. So that's why we as Christians tithe 10%. Many people say, well, what about homosexual marriage? Did Jesus speak about that? He did. In the Old Testament, sodomy, that's what the word sodomy means. It was condemned. Sodom and Gomorrah were destroyed. Matthew chapter 19, Jesus affirmed biblical marriage between one man and one woman. Jesus did not tell us we couldn't eat shrimp. He didn't tell us we couldn't wear blended fabrics. You can't, you know, he didn't tell us you can't have a half polyester, half wool pair of socks. So if that wasn't affirmed in the New Testament, we have the freedom in Christ that we, can, we are bound by that Old Testament law. That's how we know. So we always, that's why it's so important for us to read our Bibles and we're seeing, okay, that's the New Testament is affirming what we need to follow in the Old Testament. Like, do not steal. That is absolutely affirmed in the New Testament over and over again. All the Ten Commandments are. So we need to know our Ten Commandments. We need to teach our Ten Commandments. Because that's what the Bible teaches us, Old and New Testament. But there's many laws in the Old Testament that we don't follow anymore because they're no longer, they're no longer implemented and, and spoken about in the New Testament. That's a, a good way for us to know and how to answer that question when people maybe challenge us. In the Old Testament, there's uh, 630 Old Testament laws. Okay, so we're going to read this passage here. Joseph is now pre presented this plan to Pharaoh. Pharaoh, I have, I'm coming out of prison to tell you your dreams. And you're about to have seven good years and you need to save 20%. You need to learn to save. You need to do a double tithe, 20%. And because you're going to have seven hard years coming. Have you ever, have you ever experienced... You know, the difference between a recession and a depression, a recession is maybe when your neighbor loses their job. A depression, they say, is when you lose their job. I remember in 2009, um, down in Georgia, in Georgia back then, 2008, 2009, where I was at, if you wanted a job, all you had to do was grab a hammer and start building a house. If there was a plot of land, you would look at that land and you thought, let's build a subdivision. And every city council in the whole state says, here's a permit, go build a subdivision tomorrow. Building was going on everywhere. All you do is just build houses. What do you do? Let's just go and build a house. You wake up on a Monday. What should we do? It's MLK Day. Let's build a house. That's all that was going on in Atlanta in 2008, 2009. And in 2009, when the economy and the recession hit, Atlanta, the community I was in, a lot of folks lost their job. It was, uh, it was a challenging time. And there was many people that they were not prepared for that. They were asking the church for help. They had to move away. That all of a sudden, families, when recessions and depressions come, divorce occur, you have family problems, it's, 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 it's tragic when these type of things happen. But what's happening here? God has raised up this man, Joseph, and he's a saver, and he's putting in good financial planning and management for all of Egypt with the grand purpose if we're going to bring down my family. And he doesn't even know this yet. His family's going to come down so they can be saved. 
in the land of Goshen. So that's where we're going to pick up. This is the greatest promotion in all of humanity right here. From the jailhouse to literally to the president's house. He goes from prisoner to prime minister right under Pharaoh. Genesis chapter 41, verse 37. The proposal pleased Pharaoh. That's the 20% savings plan. And all his servants... And he said to them, Can we find anyone like this? A man who has God's Spirit in him? So Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since God has made all this known to you, there is no one as discerning and wise as you are. You are to be over my house, and all my people will obey your commands. Only I, as king, will be greater than you. Pharaoh also said to Joseph, See, I am placing you over all the land of Egypt. Pharaoh removed his signet ring from his hand and put it on Joseph's hand, clothed him with fine linen garments, and placed a gold chain around his neck. He had Joseph ride in his second chariot, and servants call out before him, Make way! So he placed him over all the land of Egypt. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh, and no one will be able to raise his hand or foot in the land of Egypt without your permission. That means he's giving. Joseph is receiving Pharaoh's authority to speak on behalf of the king of, of, of Egypt. I mean, what, what this man was literally running the, the city prison. And then he got promoted that quickly. God is doing something here with this Pharaoh. This Pharaoh had a very soft heart and listened to the Lord. He recognized that God's Spirit was on Joseph. One of the things that we are as more mature believers is we need to be aware when you maybe see someone younger. At this point, Joseph's 30 years old. And this Pharaoh here, he sees Joseph. He says, God's hand is on this young man. This young man has a lot of talent. The Lord is going to bless him. He recognized that, and he's affirming him. He's speaking words of affirmation to Joseph in front of everyone. He's, he's delegating that responsibility. 400 years later, there's going to be a new Pharaoh who has a hard heart. Those with a hard heart do not listen to God. They're not following the Lord's Spirit. They aren't looking down and saying, I don't, I don't want to listen to Moses. I don't want to... I don't want to hear what Aaron has to say and watch what, their staff, what God's staff can do. But this Pharaoh here, he was sensitive to the leadership of God. And what's powerful about that, Pharaoh is not a believer in the Lord. Pharaoh is a wicked man. This is a, this is a non-believer. He's a non-Hebrew. He doesn't worship God, but he, he's smart enough to recognize the Lord's hand is upon this man. You know, one of the great things about our Lord even non-believers, people who do not worship the Lord, God can still move in their life, and God can still use them. And He's using this Pharaoh right here to raise up Joseph. So in our personal lives, there might be some non-believers who do not go to church, who do not worship the Lord, yet God will use a non-believer to maybe speak some type of truth into our life. Now, we have to be careful a lot of times when we hear from non-believers. But there will be times when a non-Christian will speak on behalf of the Lord into your life. 
And a lot of times that speaking will actually line up with Scripture. And many times it will. All the time it will. So that's where we're at right here. Look in verse 45. Pharaoh gave Joseph the name zephanath Paneah and gave him a wife, Asnath, daughter of Potiphar, priest at On. One of the interesting things about Joseph, Joseph was a Hebrew, yet he spends most of his time in Egypt, which is not Israel, and not only that, he is given an Egyptian wife. So he is not blessed to marry a Hebrew, and that's why you see the list of the 12 tribes. A lot of times, instead of putting Joseph's name, they will use his son's name. Ephraim. Instead, he has two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim, and they will use Ephraim. He was more obedient and more godly than Manasseh wasn't. So that's why we see that with Joseph, because Joseph spends his time in Egypt. He's given an Egyptian wife, who's also a priest. So in many ways, Joseph here, he's marrying someone. With this position comes a wife and this priest here, but she doesn't worship the Lord. She's a priest of On, meaning she's worshiping idols. He has an, an idol-worshiping wife, one of the Egyptian gods. And Joseph went throughout the land of Egypt. Joseph was 30 years old when he entered the service of Pharaoh, king. You know, many things happen when you're 30. Anybody here 30 years old today? Right, 30? Okay, no 30-year-olds. Well, if you were 30, I should point out some people in the Bible. Joseph here became the prime minister of Egypt when he was 30. King David became the king of Israel when he was 30. And Jesus started his ministry when he was also 30. That seems to be a prime year uh, for folks. Um, I've heard one, one person, I heard one Bible teacher, now we do not know this. One Bible teacher I want listening, preparing for this said, you know, when, when we go to heaven, because we see the prime age seems to be 30, we, that will be our age in heaven. Now, we don't know that. But whatever you looked like and whatever you acted like when you were 30 years old, that's who you will be frozen for eternity at 30 years old right there. Sherry, is that a good thing when we were 30? So <laughs> that was 14 years ago. So that's where we're stuck at. So here he is, 30 years old, and he's entering Service of Pharaoh, King of Egypt. Joseph left Pharaoh's presence and traveled throughout the land of Egypt. So Pharaoh's just staying in the palace, whatever he's going to do, and Joseph's running the show. Because this is what Joseph does. He's a manager. During the seven years of abundance, the land produced outstanding harvest. He could not have better stock returns. It was phenomenal, the harvest. You could not see a better farmer in someone who could farm and administer the land right here than Joseph. Joseph gathered all the excess food in the land of Egypt during the seven years and put it in the cities. He put food in every city from the fields around it. So Joseph stored up grain in such abundance like the sand of the sea that he stopped measuring because it was beyond measure. Could you imagine our budget and finance committee? They get so much money, they just, we just need to quit counting. It just keeps on growing. The numbers just keep on going up. And we're just like, we're, the calculator's running out. That is the blessing of the Lord upon Joseph. There's seven years of abundance. And they're saving, 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 saving. 
They're putting it in cities. They just quit counting. We've just got grain everywhere. Crops all over the place. The harvest is beyond plentiful. You see, the Lord is blessing Egypt in Joseph's leadership. Keep going here in your Bibles. Two sons were born to Joseph before the years of famine arrived. You notice they mark their times by when the tough times come. They know the famine is coming. It's like Joseph knows. Yeah, I've got six more years, five more years. Four. You know it's coming one day. And one day for us it comes. Do you know the United States is not mentioned in the end times? We don't know if the United States will be here. We don't know our country's future. We have no idea what the future holds for us as U.S. and Americans. But here, God has revealed to Joseph, there is coming a tough time. The famine is around the corner. And these children are born to him. Asneth, daughter of Potiphar, a priest set on, bore them to him. Joseph named the firstborn Manasseh and said, God has made me forget all my hardship and my whole family. And the second son he named Ephraim and said, God has made me fruitful in the land of my affliction. So these are his two children. So that's why when you see the list, a lot of times of the 12 tribes, you won't see Joseph's names. You'll see Ephraim or Manasseh listed in his place. And sometimes you'll see both of them because Dan, who was one of the uh, sons, was very wicked and they replaced Joseph. They put both his sons in place of Dan because He's just a disobedient son. When you look at the different lists of the 12 tribes of Israel, a lot of times they're, they're different uh, because they, some of the sons were wicked people, and so they put their children in their place. And that's what we see right here with these two sons. Then the seven years of abundance in the land of Egypt came to an end, and all good things come to an end. And that's what happened here. And the seven years of famine began. It quit raining. No more crops. No more money. No more harvest. Just as Joseph had said, there was famine in every land, but in the whole land of Egypt, there was food. Because Joseph's administration saved. 20%. When the whole land of Egypt was stricken with famine, the people cried out to Pharaoh for food. Pharaoh told all of Egypt, go to Joseph and do whatever he tells you. I mean, Pharaoh, he's going to look like a star. Hey, your luck. We have been saving for this day. We were prepared for when the storm came. And you go to Joseph, and he's got you your food. Now the famine had spread across the whole region. When a famine, or when the tough times come, it doesn't just come on the, on the ungodly. The tribulation in the book of Revelation, it will hit everyone. It will hit believers, non-believers. All, all the countries will have to deal with the Antichrist. Everyone will have to deal with an increase in wickedness. When a city... Is crime ridden and crime is all over the place? It affects the good and the bad. And that's what we see here. The famine, it, everyone is impacted this. When it rains, the rain falls on the, on the godly and the ungodly. On the righteous and the wicked, the book of Psalms tells us. 
So it says here, So Joseph opened all the storehouses and sold grain to the Egyptians, for the famine was severe in the land of Egypt. Every land came to Joseph in Egypt to buy grain, for the famine was severe in every land. And I think what we see here in this, in this uh, passage is God raised up Joseph and gave him incredible leadership and administration skills, and was preparing for the tough time. And he was a saver, so that not just the people in Egypt, but all the people around the regions, including Israel, where Joseph's family, he has no contact with his family at this point. He has no idea that his dad and 11 brothers are about to make a journey to come by this land. He doesn't know that. All he does is, He's just saving grain and, and storing up. But one of the things what God does with us, many of you here tonight, He gives you keen insight on how to manage money, on how to be a saver, on how to store up, so that when famine and tough times come, maybe to your family, to your children, or to your grandchildren, instead of just saying, well, should have done better in life. Too bad you didn't save. You can actually be a blessing to them. And because of your good biblical administration and leadership skills, you can bless others during tough times. That's what Joseph is doing. He is using his savings to extend it to other people. Maybe you will do that. Maybe you've done that. Maybe you regularly do it. Maybe you are in a position that one day you will have people in your inner circle and they have a need and you will be able to help them. In our deacons meeting we were just in, we collected a benevolent offering this morning because of your faithful giving and we met someone's need in our church family. There was a need right there. Met it because you gave. Now, if we didn't have that, we wouldn't be able to do that. But that is the example. You give so we can help someone else out. That is what Joseph is doing. Our, God, our goal is not to just store up treasures on earth. God doesn't give us great wisdom so we can save, 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 and look how big my treasure. Joseph has stored all this grain because he knows he's about to have seven years, and he's just going to send it out and help not just Egypt, but everyone. Now, he's selling it. And he's doing good diligence with them. But the land doesn't starve. And he helps others. So we look at this passage of Joseph. What do we see from this man? God raised up this young man at 30 years old. Gave him keen wisdom in biblical stewardship. So ultimately, seven years down the road when he's 37 years old, he can save all the people of Egypt and ultimately his family who's going to come to receive food from him, his, his, his dad and his brothers. That's how God is using this young man. He doesn't realize it now. He's just, he doesn't realize what his great gift is for. God has given you gifts with the greater purpose of blessing and helping other people. What an example we see here in Joseph. This is truly, uh, this man could teach financial management to anyone. He 
teaches people how to save and prepare for the seven hard years that are coming. So when they come, you can bless other people. And I think for us tonight, we look at this, and even as a church family, we look at the example of Joseph, and we say, this man, he is, a, he is someone we can look to as a church family be good stewards of our money, to be good stewards of our resources. Seven good years, you save up for seven bad years, knowing one day they're going to come. We are blessed with the story of Joseph. I'm going to close this in prayer. We're going to have our invitation. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for Sunday evening worship here. How blessed we are to be here at Broadway Baptist Church reading this Bible story about Joseph receiving this promotion. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing in our church. Lord, this invitation, if there's anybody here, and there is, people who need to join our church, people who need to make a decision to start saving, people who need to take these principles of Joseph and do good diligence. Lord, we pray we will take these and seal these in our hearts and implement them in our life and help others by our good stewardship. Lord, I just pray this invitation is our time to respond to you. Lord, we want to be bold and with a courageous spirit respond to you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We close every single service here with an invitation. I'm going to invite everyone to stand up. I'm going to be standing down front. You come take my hand and say, Pastor, I want to make a decision for Jesus tonight. You respond to the Lord. Let's sing together. I have decided. I have.